no, no, no. Peeps, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is January 30th, 2024. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals, and I believe Instagram for five minutes. And then you can jump over and watch on the other platforms if you'd like. We've got a post-game show as always, rubinreport.locals.com. If you want to correct me, question me, poke and prod me, whatever you might want to do, that's where we do all of that sort of stuff. Uh, the theme of today's show is there's an awful lot happening in the world right now. Uh, this uh, WW3 situation seems like it's ramping up a bit. I'm going to try to cool the jets uh, as everyone loves talking about, oh my God, World War III is happening. And oh my God, the Civil War is happening. And oh my God, the alien invasion is happening. Sometimes maybe we can have some calmer heads prevail. So we'll do a little bit of that. Uh, but what I wanted to start with that'll kind of frame everything is that uh, John Stewart, uh, I guess former comedian, I don't know what we call him at this point now, he's basically a progressive activist now, uh, he is returning to The Daily Show. You know, John Stewart hosted The Daily Show for, I don't know, almost 20 years or so. Some of you may know this, I was an intern at The Daily Show in 1999, right when John Stewart took over from uh, for Craig Kilborn, who was a former ESPN guy. Uh, maybe I'll tell you a bit more about that later, but in any event, John Stewart, left The Daily Show, what was it, about six years or so ago, ends up bringing a new show, The Problem with Jon Stewart, onto Apple TV, uh, and he just goes all in on the crazy leftism, but the machine is bringing him back now, putting him back at The Daily Show uh, at the chair, on a weekly show, not a daily show, so The Daily Show is going weekly. All right, they're gonna struggle with that. And uh, we're gonna talk about how that sort of thing leads to a lot of the cultural rot when we just sort of retread all of these people. So let's just get to it. Tweet from the Post Millennial, breaking, John Stewart returns as the Daily Show host ahead of the 2024 election. And uh, CBS News is very excited that John Stewart will be giving young people their news once again. A familiar face is returning to late night TV. John Stewart is coming back as host and executive producer of The Daily Show, at least on a temporary basis. Stewart will be, be behind the desk every Monday starting on February 12th through the 2024 presidential election. Comedy Central said a rotating lineup of correspondents will sit in for Stewart during the rest of the week. Comedy Central is owned by Paramount Global, the parent company of CBS News. Welcome back, John. We're doing PR. We're owned by the same people and we have to tell you he's really great. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you guys get how the whole machine works, right? There's no reason for CBS News to be covering that on their nightly news program, but he's back. They're all in on it together. You can see how the machine operates this way. And the damn shame about Jon Stewart, and we'll, we'll illustrate this in just a moment, is that at least for the first couple of years of The Daily Show, he was doing something kind of new and poking and prodding at the media the way I kind of do on this show. Uh, and I did kind of like him. He sort of has gone off the deep end, or I don't even need to qualify that. He has completely gone off the deep end when it comes to progressive politics and, and I would say become everything that he probably once uh, despised. His show that he uh, that was canceled, The Problem with Jon Stewart, which was on Apple TV, they only shot 20 episodes of it. He made $24 million for 20 episodes. I just wanna be clear, I'm not making that kind of money on this show. Uh, and if I was, oh man, what we'd be eating for lunch. Uh, anyway, let's just uh, roll back in time for just a bit. 
Yeah, and show you a little bit of this type of woke nonsense that he has pushed on America over the years. Uh, here he is on this problem show uh, going after the Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge over child genital mutilation. Why would the state of Arkansas step in to override parents, physicians, psychiatrists, endocrinologists who have developed guidelines. Why would you override those guidelines? Well, I think it's important that all of those physicians, all of those experts, for every single one of them, there's an expert that says, we don't need to allow children to be able to take those medications. That there are many instances right. where- But you know that's not true. You, you know it's not for everyone there's one. There's, these are the established Well, I don't know that, that that's not true. I don't know that- Then why, you would you, that. why would you pass a law then if you don't, if you don't know that that's true, wouldn't you Well, I know so? that there are doctors and that we had plenty of people come and testify before our legislature mm -hmm. who said that, uh, you know, we have 98% of the young people who have gender dysphoria, right. uh, that they are able to move past that. And once they have the, the help that they need, no longer suffer from gender dysphoria. 98% wow. without uh, that medical treatment. That's, that, an, that's an, so, an incredibly made up figure. That's, that doesn't comport with any of the studies or documentation that exists from these medical organizations. What, what medical association are you talking about of these doctors? Well, we have all of that in our uh, legislative history and we'll be glad to provide that to you. Uh, I don't have the name of that off the top of my head. I know it's something that- You don't have the name of the organization that, that you're getting Off the top that of my head. Oh, okay. But yes, we have all of that cited in all of our briefs. You're suggesting that protecting children means overriding the recommendations of the American Medical Association, the American Association of Pediatrics. I mean, it goes on and on. What an absolutely smug, unlikable person he became for the cool one million plus per episode he was making on that now defunct show. So then the machine brings him back, owned by Viacom. Um, you might wanna read uh, maybe John Stewart, if you're watching this, you might want to read Irreversible Damage uh, by uh, Abigail Schreier, thank you, uh, who wrote an incredible book about how so much of what's happening to our children is a social contagion, particularly when it comes to young girls thinking they can transition and become young boys. Now, this that clip was from a couple years ago, but we know how much of this has ruined young people's lives. Like, why is John Stewart so smug about chemically castrating children? that the state would be a little concerned about that, about drugging children so that they can't go through puberty and everything else. But this is what the left has pushed on us. And Jon Stewart was sort of put out there as the respectable face of all of this. And then of course what happens is you get all of these bad policies, you literally are going after children. That woman, you think she's a bad woman, the attorney general there, you think she's a bad woman or she's just trying to protect children because no, you cannot take a boy and actually make them a girl. That's just not reality. Right, uh, But then what happens is not only do they get all the bad policies pushed through because of people like Jon Stewart, these media people who confuse you and guilt you and go after the good guys and make it seem like they're bad or make it seem like if you care about a border, you're racist and everything else. They then tacitly support all of the bad politicians. Uh, I think we showed you this clip once from about a year ago. This is Jon Stewart interviewing Gavin Newsom. And you can see, again, he does this sort of duplicitous thing where you think he's kind of being good and well, take a look. 
Here, here's the problem that you run up against yeah. is in that reimagining, you run up against political reality. Simple things like instead of giving them $200 when they walk out the gate, giving them $1,000 when they walk out the gate, and you guys couldn't, couldn't do that politically. Yeah. You vetoed that because yeah. I imagine you had to. Yeah, and well, with a combination of that, and we should have done it through the budget process. By the way, I not only know the realities, that, right. that, that person that killed the police officer, the district attorney, accused me of being responsible That's right. for that. I live the realities. I don't know them. It's not intellectual. That's I'm right. living them. Sure. That's, and, that, I mean, that's, and that puts and, you on your heels. No, it didn't put and, me on my heels. It actually put me on my toes. Right. You want reform and you want to be progressive. I want public safety. I want real public safety. I want people to feel safe. It's about your own self interest. Right. You want to make sure your kids are safe, you're safe, you don't have to turn your head when you're getting the ATM machine. Uh, Absolutely. That's the core. You can see, I don't have to talk about uh, Gavin Newsom there. I think I made my feelings about him clear yesterday in case you weren't sure what my feelings are. But Stuart, you want reform, you want to be progressive. Like he's running cover for a guy that has unleashed hell on the streets of California and caused the mass fleeing and the urban decay and everything else. So again, he's trying to take out people who are protecting children. He's propping up the bad politicians. That is what he decided to do with his career, which again, 20 years ago, when he was starting The Daily Show, he was not a leftist nutbag. He's another one of these people that just went along for the ride and now runs cover for the machine. I wanna show you a bit about what has happened. Now, I know that people don't really watch The Daily Show anymore, but it's an interesting just, it's an interesting cultural touch point, I would say, to see what has happened at The Daily Show since he has left. You might remember uh, during our summer of love when BLM, Black Lives Matter, and Antifa were burning down the country. You remember that? It wasn't too long ago. I know we memory whole things. Uh, and actor Terry Crews was critical of BLM and then all hell broke loose and he was they were gonna try to cancel him and kick, kick him out of Hollywood and everything else. So he was basically forced by his agents, who knows who, who pushed him there, to go on The Daily Show to have a struggle session with progressive activist Trevor Noah. But my thing is, I just wanted peace. And I guess I, it goes back to my approval. Yes. It goes back yeah. to my need for approval. Mm -hmm. It went back to that. Um, and again, it was a mistake. It was, it was a mistake to tweet that out at that time. And that and Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. That was, that was the thing, funny enough, because, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. has talked about black supremacy. Exactly. You know? yeah. Nelson Mandela himself was one of the people who said, I do not look for the oppression of white people. I don't look for the oppression of black people. I don't want That's anybody right. to be oppressed. That's right. Right? But the timing, I think, was the yeah, issue. Yeah, it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like say in, that in the book. Yeah, you were going, that's not what I was trying to do. No. And I think, you know, this is one of those moments where I was like, that's why books over tweets. Uh, it is. No, it is. That, that Oh, oh God, you're so terrible. So you have to come on our show and apologize because you basically said that uh, all people are created equal and we shouldn't be burning down stores in the name of equality and diversity and equity. It's like, it's just, it's so evil. And that Trevor Noah 
who's just awful sits there. Here, here's a, this is this is a gem. So Trevor Noah, uh, who also no longer is the host of The Daily Show, then they basically fired him, although they didn't call it firing because they would be afraid of saying we fired a black guy. They were like, ah, he's moving on, but he was fired because nobody was watching the show. Uh, here he is being lectured by a dude who thinks he's a chick and taking it like a woman. There are many elements to what you said, which I appreciate. So let, let's try to break them down. One thing that confuses me personally is it, it, it seems like we have discussions about who should participate in which category and how. You know, on the face of it, it seems simple, as you say. You know, if somebody identifies as a woman, if they're transgender, they can compete against women who were born biologically, and, and then if not, then not. But then there are many who would argue who are not transphobes. There are many who, who are born biologically women who will say, but you have an unnatural advantage over me and that makes the sport unfair. How do, you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, there's lots of ways you can respond to that. So the first is the, the very language of you were born and I'm not biological somehow, like I don't think I'm a cyborg. So like this idea that like, oh, you're not a biological woman. Well, I am a woman, that's a fact. I am female, so all my identity records, my racing license, my medical records all say female, mm -hmm. right? And I'm pretty sure I made a biological stuff. So I'm a biological female mm -hmm. as well. So this question of do trans women have an advantage over cis women? We don't know. Um, in fact, there's basically no published research on this question. However, uh, there's good reason to think that there isn't, but I think it's irrelevant. Isn't it really great watching those two clips back to back? So first you have him forcing Terry Crews to have a struggle session. Terry Crews has to basically be like saying, I'm, I'm not racist somehow, something like that. Please forgive me, let me back in the club. And then there is Trevor Noah sitting across from that creature who's telling you that he or she is, is not a cyborg. Yes, you are biological, we all understand that, but you're biologically a dude and you are dressing up as a girl so that you can beat other girls in sports. And he has to just sit there. He just sits there and takes it. Now, the reason I'm showing you all this and starting the show with this Jon Stewart thing and everything else is because The Daily Show became that cultural touch point. More young people get their news from The Daily Show than anywhere else, right? So when you wonder, how did this all happen that so many kids are confused about their gender? How did it happen that being not racist actually makes you racist? It's because this is the crap that Hollywood pushes on us. And by the way, it's owned by Viacom that also owns CBS News. I'm shocked and appalled. Anyway, Trevor Noah ultimately gets fired, but they don't call it a firing because he's black, as I just said. Uh, and they brought in a series of guest hosts, John Leguizamo, who's a pretty decent actor, actually. He's kind of a fun, fun actor. I, I enjoy some of his stuff. Uh, he was a guest host one of the days, and here he is lecturing on why we should smuggle migrants across the border. But the truth is, undocumented immigrants are mostly filling jobs that Americans have no interest in doing. I mean, are you going to tell me there are Americans just lining up wishing they could pick vegetables in the sun all the live long day? <laughs> America's a trip, man. First, you didn't want to do any of the field work, and now you want to do all the field work. <laughs> Make up your goddamn mind. All right, putting aside that it's not funny, I mean, again, it's, it's actually racist. Like, he's actually being racist. And, and even, put, even if he wasn't being racist, 
Illegal people are here illegally. Even if there are jobs for them, then what you do is you have them come legally and you figure it out, right? So we've got at least, we thought it was about 12 million illegals in this country, but now we know six million have come in the last three years. So let's say we have closer to 15 to 18 million in this country already, the border being ransacked every freaking day. We have this pathetic, uh, ridiculous, bipartisan congressional deal that if the Republicans sign on to, it's, it's just absolute death for the party that will allow 5,000 illegals to come a day on top of the legals, which is 1.8 million people uh, a year illegally that we'd let in, which makes no sense. All right, why are we letting illegals in? Why are we literally signing something that says, oh, people can break this law? Makes no sense. But this is what the corporate media pushes on us. So they are bringing Jon Stewart back to run cover probably for that slick-haired Gavin Newsom guy as they bring him back too, because we all know Joe Biden is breaking down. Anyway, I'm gonna connect all that to a whole bunch of other stuff, but let's talk about Tax Network USA. Guys, are you struggling with your back taxes or your unified returns, unfiled returns? The IRS is escalating collections, adding 20,000 new agents and sending over 5 million collection letters to kick off 24. In these challenging times, your best defense is Tax Network USA. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. With over 14 years of tax experience, Tax Network USA has saved their clients over a billion in back taxes. No matter the size of your tax issue, their expertise is your advantage. They specialize in negotiating with the IRS, aiming to significantly reduce your debt. Tax Network USA doesn't just negotiate, they also protect your assets from the IRS seizures and manage your yearly returns for ongoing compliance. Importantly, they are licensed to help with all state tax issues, regardless of where you live in the US. The clock is ticking, don't wait as the IRS steps up its game. Seize control of your financial future now. Contact Tax Network USA for immediate relief and expert guidance. Call 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash Dave. Don't let tax issues overpower you. Tune in to Tax Network USA and find your path to financial peace of mind. And now back to me. Okay, so you might be going, Dave, I don't really care for The Daily Show. Never really watched The Daily Show. You know, we get it. These comedians all suck, blah, blah, blah. What I'm trying to lay out to you, and that's all well and good, is that all of the ideas that we just talked about there are the things that get into the culture and then you wonder why everything's wrong, why our politicians suck, why we don't know up is down and up is up and down is down and all of these things. But now I wanna drive this a little further into the, into the cultural piece of all of this uh, because Law & Order, which has been on the air for like 80,000 years at this point, uh, there is a clip going around of a new episode of Law & Order where a white woman is raped by a black man, but doesn't want him to go to jail. Take a look at this. But Natalie, Jay Watson raped you. You think I forgot? How could I? This entire trial has been an exercise in reminding me. And this is your chance to do something about it. I am going to, believe me. Because I can, I can afford therapy. I have that luxury and maybe one day, I'll be okay. But if that teenager goes to prison, he may not be. Ever. I don't want that. Natalie, wait. We, uh, can we do a road trip? Would you guys be interested in doing a road trip after the show? Drive cross country, go to Hollywood, bomb the place. <laughs> <laughs> what the high hell are these people doing? That, do you realize how absolutely insane that is? Do you know what rape is? You guys know what rape is, right? 
Um, it's not a good thing, but that woman, well, I'm in essence, I, I'm white. I'm white, I've got a little cash, I'll, have, I'll go to therapy, I'll drink a pumpkin spice latte, I'll be just fine. But that poor black kid who raped me, we wouldn't want to screw up his life. They are so, the messaging they are sending to the brains of young people, and I guess, I guess middle-aged people who watch Law & Order, it, everything is freaking backwards. They have taken art and made it activism. Speaking of which, there's a new Snow White coming out because you know they can't make anything new. They just have to ruin the old things. And actress Rachel Zegler, who plays Snow White, uh, she's very excited because this ain't gonna be that 1937 Snow White, bigot, racist, homophobe, transphobe stuff. You said you were bringing a modern edge to it on stage. What do you mean by that? I just mean that it's no longer 1937, and we absolutely wrote a Snow White that she's is not going to be yeah, saved by the prince. She's not going to be saved by the prince, and she's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be, and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. And so it's just a really incredible story for I think young people everywhere to see themselves in. Snow White is running for president. I'm launching my campaign. It's totally incredible. It's gonna be like a completely different story. I don't even know why we're calling it Snow White. How did I even get this job? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? What? Uh, I do wanna back up for just a second. Uh, I don't uh, condone uh, or call for terrorism in Hollywood or anywhere else. I didn't mean bomb the place. I meant like I meant like glitter bomb it. You know what I mean? Just go there and pour glitter all over these people. That That is what I meant. Uh, let's just be clear about that because Media Matters, I'm sure, is watching every moment of this. Ruben just called to bomb Hollywood. Um, but you see this, they destroy absolutely everything. Thing, and speaking of things that they've destroyed, it's not just old things like uh, Snow White from 1937. Uh, it's things that are uh, have been important over the last couple of decades, like Saturday Night Live, which used to be a comedy show. Uh, here's a little diddly they did this weekend mocking Trump. And you, if you can find the comedy, I'll give you a shiny nickel. Hasn't lost a step. <laughs> Trump did have a slight stumble this week while talking about banks, and he introduced an interesting new term called D-Bank. We're also going to place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you. They want to debank you, and we're going to debank. I don't know what the hell debank means, but he might have to take deambulance to see the doctor. Yeah, okay, not funny, but putting aside again the not funny thing, it's what they're talking about that's really the issue. You don't know what debanking is? Do you know that Nigel Farage? Uh, one of the most popular politicians in all of the UK has been debanked. His bank closed his accounts and said, we will not do business with you because we don't like your politics. Uh, debanking, another way that you can be debanked is when they freeze your bank accounts like they did to the Canadian truckers, but he's never heard of that. We don't know anything about the con, the, the, we wouldn't know anything about how this happens or what's going on here. Like this is just absolutely terrible. But again, I'm showing you just the cultural rot that these people put out and then you'll wonder why our politicians suck and why we have people rampaging through the border and nobody to do anything about it. But we will do uh, some more coverage of all of that stuff after I talk to you guys about the wellness company. Guys, recent clusters of respiratory illnesses in Northern China alongside outbreaks of what's being referred to as white lung syndrome in the United States are scattered across headlines right now drawing attention to the importance of being prepared for medical emergencies. With close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the US being produced outside of the country, what happens when the next global crisis strikes? 
Countries clamp down on exports. They stockpile. The price of drugs rise and the pharmacy shelves in America become empty. And this is already starting to happen. You guys have heard me talk about the wellness company before, but when we're staring down the barrel like in times like these, their medical emergency kit is a must have. The wellness company is home to Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Drew Pinsky, who was here in studio just yesterday, and truth-telling doctors who are rooted in the, the commitment to build a parallel healthcare system and empower you to take control of your health. In a time when over 40% of Americans say they would avoid a doctor or hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation, the wellness company's medical emergency kit provides a solution. This handy little kit includes eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand, along with a guidebook for safe use. The medical emergency kit includes emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, z and ivermectin to help keep you and your family safe in the face of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, or medical emergencies like white lung or COVID. Go to twc.health slash Ruben and grab your medical emergency kit now and now back to me. All right, so let's go into the sort of quote unquote journalism portion of all of this. We've shown you kind of the cultural and the TV portion, the, the uh, entertainment, I guess you could call it portion of this. Uh, but what are they doing in the news? Well, of course, they're running cover for the Democrats and trying to scare the hell out of you over that orange man who is back. Uh, George Conway, who is, I suppose, a conservative, like blah, just one of these nothing conservatives, pet people they give the cookie to show up on uh, MSNBC. Uh, here's his analysis on what they should do uh, to get rid of Donald Trump. And of course, he's talking to Jen Psaki, former White House spokesperson who then became a journalist because that's how it all works. I've said this for quite some time. I'm going to say it again. Make him crazy. He's already crazy. If you point out the things that he, the reason why he is the way he is, the reason why he is this uh, pathological narcissist is because he's deeply insecure. Mm. He knows that he's a fraud. He knows he's not as smart as he says he is. He knows he's not as good as he says he is. He knows he's a rapist. He knows he's a liar. He knows he doesn't want to be exposed. And if you attack him on the things that he feels sensitive about with the truth, he melts. And he's exactly as you say. I mean, he's a bully, but he's a weak man. Yes. He's a weak Okay. I'm only showing you that because these people that they put on there, they just offer them the red meat, right? And then, of course, their kind of brain-damaged progressive audience eats it up. It's interesting, though, because there's this guy, George Conway, who I think was one of the founders of Lincoln Project, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which originally was put out to be an anti-Trump thing, and then it became just an anti, you know, we were, were the principled conservatives who were against Trump, and then it became an anti-Republican thing. Uh, but it's interesting because he calls him a rapist there. Now, Donald Trump has never been convicted of rape, even in this case with E. Jean Carroll. He's being convicted or found guilty of defamation, basically making fun of her because of her rape accusations. So by that logic, couldn't Donald Trump now sue George Conway for calling him a rapist? That seems like a pretty bad thing to call somebody. Although apparently if you're watching Law and Order, some chicks kind of dig it. Uh, anyway, you get it. The MSNBC, it's all a clown show. And speaking of clown shows, the E. John Carroll verdict comes out and the ladies of The View were so excited about it, so excited that Donald Trump's gonna have to pay 83 million, or they're, you know, they're gonna try to stop this thing in court further, uh, but 83 million to this woman that they walked out on The View to the Apprentice theme song.
just walked out to the OJs for the love of money, which is the theme song of The Apprentice, and that's connected to the fact that you know who has to pay money, 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 money. Something like eighty-three million dollars. Eighty-three point three. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it really, it's so, it's so horrible. And then watching the women applaud, like if they all felt that this woman really got raped, again, rape is pretty bad. Uh, they wouldn't be celebrating today, right? Like it wouldn't be a day of celebration. It would be kind of a somber, like, oh, there was a verdict in the defamation thing related to the rape, and Donald Trump's going to have to pay up. But they know it's all bullshit. It's all a show. They are clowns. That's exactly what it is. And E. Jean Jean Carroll right now is making the rounds on the media, uh, and she's—they're loving her because she's talking shit about Big Donald Trump. And uh, well, here she is on CNN with some of her plans with that cash. You may soon, though, have quite a bit of his money, and I wonder how you plan to use that. Oh, it's inspiring. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> We're going to do good with that money. We're going to do... Mary Trump has suggested uh, we turn Trump Tower into an animal sanctuary, for instance. A joke. That was a joke, Poppy. <laughs> uh, no, but we're, we're inspired to uh, do not waste a penny of this. And we have some good ideas that we're working on. Specifically aimed at well, what would oppose well, Trump? Well, Donald Trump hates women. Remember the New York Magazine, the famous quote when they said, Don, what do you think of women? He said, women, they're not worth a piece of crap. Remember that quote? And so I think one of the things we could do, seeing as how he's very instrumental in taking away women's rights over their bodies across the United States, maybe we can think about how we can restore women their rights. Hmm. Use a little money for that. Okay, Donald Trump has not taken any, way, any woman's rights away, right? If you're a woman watching this right now, you have the exact same rights post-Donald Trump that you had pre-Donald Trump. We can talk about abortion and the right to life and things of that nature, but you get it. But the point is, they're just putting her on now. She's going on all the networks just to just like parade the idea that Donald Trump is just horrible, he hates women, we're gonna do all this good stuff with the money. Again, if she got raped, which Donald Trump was not convicted of, would you, would you wanna make a show of, of all of this? Show must go on. Here's E. John Carroll on with Rachel Maddow, serial liar Rachel Maddow. Uh, with uh, She expands on some of the ideas for the cash. You've talked about using some of Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Or... Yes. Tell me. I had such such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, Nothing. Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right. All right. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> A Although if, if me fishing in France could yeah. do something for women's rights, I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously uh, take one for the team. All right, let me, let me. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 fishing rod for this one. Like, does this woman seem like she got raped? Like, wouldn't she be up there going, you know, uh, 
Rachel, to be clear, this was just on the defamation thing and not the rape thing. And actually, I really, I'm gonna give all the money to, I don't know, women's shelters to stop rape or like, we're gonna go shopping and the fi the fishing rod. Did that woman, that woman shouldn't strike me as someone that likes to go fishing, but who the hell knows. Uh, anyway, uh, it continued. Here they are discussing that maybe they can figure out another way to sue the guy. Eugene, in terms of the, um what you've just been through, I mean, to hear a lawyer as experienced as Ravi Kaplan say it was nerve-wracking to be in that room sometimes because of the way this was conducted. Um, I have to ask you, you know, President Trump has kept your name out of his mouth since being told he has to pay $83 million to you for what he's done in the past. But over the weekend, he did start posting links online to articles that attacked you and denied your claims. Again, he seems to be pushing it already in terms of whether or not he is going to go back to calling you a liar and denying that he did what he did. Um, if, it, if it came to it, if your lawyers told you that there was another case and that you should go back and get more money out of him and sue him again, would you do it? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, uh, just one more time. This is about a defamation win for her, not a rape win. So even when Rachel Maddow says he's going after you for what he's saying with that, what was it? For he did what he did, right? The implication is that Rachel Maddow somehow knows that Donald Trump actually, in fact, raped this woman, right? There's just no evidence of that. And that's not what this whole freaking trial was about. It's just absolutely insane. Uh, Here's one more of uh, E. Jean Carroll. I promise you this is the last one of E. Jean Carroll for now, uh, describing Donald Trump. Who, by the way, Rachel, is not even there. He's nothing. He is without, he is like a walrus snorting <laughs> and like a rhino flopping his hand. It was, he is not there. That was the surprising thing to me. Did you catch that? She calls him a walrus snorting and then the woman next to her was like, <laughs> like what? these are not real people. Is this real? Is this real? Um, I'd like to connect this uh, to a, a wider situation as you know, I'm one to do. Uh, my friend Megan Kelly uh, had a nice analysis of how this whole thing has been playing out. Take a look. Jury found it 51% more likely than not that he did it. Uh, based on that 51%, They've declared him a sexual pervert, basically. And they want us all to go along with it. They want us all to say it's horrible how Trump keeps dismissing this woman, as opposed to let's just entertain for a minute the possibility that Trump is the truth teller here, that Trump actually has no memory of this person and certainly didn't sexually assault her, and that she really is some sort of a kook who decided to make up a story about him to get her name in the headlines, to potentially get money from a deep-pocketed guy. The media has zero appetite for entertaining that possibility. And therefore, they take umbrage at his, she's a whack job. What's he supposed to say if somebody came out against you, Glenn, from when, you know, 20 years ago when you were 20, right? You'd be like, this person's a nutcase. I don't know them. And so that's really what Trump has been saying. And for that now, he's gonna to have to pay almost $100 million. Okay, so you really need to understand this. And this is why Megan is just so consistently great. I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. Megan Kelly doesn't know what happened. I believe she was talking to, to Glenn Beck, right? Glenn Beck doesn't know what happened. The point is that he was not convicted of rape. He has not subsequently said anything about her. But again, as a, if you're being sued for defamation, being called a rapist seems kind of defaming, right? Like that seems like a problem. So he, Trump has not said anything subsequently 
Uh, but we did want to show you this. This is kind of, this is funny, Trump, when he had to give the deposition about what happened and the accusations by Eugene Carroll. Uh, this is Trump about two years ago doing just that. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall, not, I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm, being, I'm honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest. You, I wouldn't rape you. I wouldn't, I'd rape this one over here. Like, like that's the, it's like, it's insane and it's crazy and it's funny and loony and, and all of those things at once. Now, the reason I did all of that there and we dove so deep into the mind of E. John Carroll, E. Jean Carroll, uh, is because I wanted to get to that clip because that clip shows you the sort of the craziness and brilliance of Trump all at once. Like he actually is saying something kind of honest. Like I wouldn't rape a woman I'm not attracted to. Like that, there's something sort of honest there and then it's also kind of crazy. But now I want to connect that to something that's happening in the world and show you Trump at his absolute best uh, because these are the moments that uh, we could use a real leader in this country and I think he has an interesting opportunity. And as I've been telling you for the last two weeks, I want to nudge him to be the best Donald Trump if possible. So you probably heard that there was a drone strike in the Middle East. In Jordan, uh, three US soldiers were killed, Sergeant William J. Rivers, uh, Special Sergeant Kennedy L. Sanders, and Brianna A. Moffitt. Now, interestingly, they all happen to be black, which is completely irrelevant, uh, other than the media's not really saying much about this story or adding that racial element to it because it's the Biden administration that this is happening under. Uh, we've got some uh, specifics on it from the Daily Wire. More than 30 U.S. soldiers were injured in an attack, U.S. officials said on Sunday in Jordan, adding that they were positive that the attack was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. U.S. officials said that the suicide drone evaded detection by U.S. forces because it closely trailed a U.S. drone that was returning to the base at the same time Politico reported. The U.S. military released the identities of the three soldiers who were murdered by an Iranian-backed terrorist attack in the Middle East over the weekend, as well as the details about how the attack unfolded. Sergeant William Drone Rivers, 46, of Carrollton, Georgia, uh, Kennedy Leiden Sanders, 24, of Waycross, Georgia, and Brianna Alexandria Moffitt, 23, of Savannah, Georgia, died on January 28, 2024, in Jordan when a one-way unmanned aerial system impacted their container housing units, the Department of Defense said in a statement. So now you might be wondering, Dave, what does this have to do with the E. John Carroll thing? Well, Donald Trump issued a statement on this, uh, and I think he nailed it. This, this is what I tweeted, and then I'm gonna read it to you. This is Trump at his best. No nonsense, stark reality. And I wanna read it to you because this is Trump at his best, and this is the Trump that we need if we're gonna turn this thing around. The drone attack on a U.S. military installation in Jordan, killing three American service members and wounding many more, marks a horrible day for America. My most profound sympathies go to the families of the brave service members we have lost. I asked all Americans to join me in praying for those who have been wounded. This brazen attack on the United States is yet another horrific and tragic consequence of Joe Biden's weakness and surrender. Three years ago, Iran was weak, broke, and totally under control. 
Thanks to my maximum pressure policy, the Iranian regime could barely scrape together $2 to fund, $2 together to fund their terrorist proxies. Then Joe Biden came in and gave Iran billions of dollars, which the regime has used to spread bloodshed and carnage throughout the Middle East. This attack never would have happened if I was president, not even a chance. Just like the Iranian-backed Hamas attack on Israel would never have happened, the war in Ukraine would have never happened, and we would right now have peace throughout the world. Instead, we are on the brink of World War III. This terrible day is yet more proof that we need an immediate return to peace through strength so that there will be no more chaos, no more destruction, and no more loss of precious American lives. Our country cannot survive with Joe Biden as commander in chief. Look, I, I don't know if Donald Trump wrote that himself. It's obviously irrelevant. They have speechwriters and everything else. But the clarity, the moral clarity, peace through strength, the reality of the fact that three, four years ago when Donald Trump was still president, a little more than that now, but when Donald Trump was still president, especially pre-COVID, that the world was peaceful and Middle East peace deals were being signed left and right. The Iranians were doing absolutely nothing. Subsequently, the Biden administration comes in, we release all of this money to the Iranians. Weeks later, Hamas does this insane attack in Israel. Now we're watching virtually every day our bases be attacked across the Middle East. I don't know what the exact policy is that we're supposed to do right now, right? Like, and I don't think most people know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And I, I don't think most people want World War III, but you don't, you don't get peace through appeasement, right? Ask Chamberlain how that worked out when he was working with Hitler. Oh, wait, well, we'll just let Hitler do a little bit of, take a little something, that'll work out. Right? You get peace through strength, right? We, this is who we are, this is what we stand for. We've got some weapons to back it up and don't mess with us. One of the first things that Donald Trump did when he got into office was drop the mother of all bombs, the MOAB, the mother of all bombs, dropped it. People didn't even know why he dropped it, but it made it seem like he was kind of crazy, so don't mess with this guy. He killed Soleimani. Right, and everyone was like, this is gonna start World War III. Actually, it caused Iran to not do much of anything while he was president. Then you get this weak president in right now, and basically everyone, Putin. Why did Putin do nothing with Ukraine under Donald Trump, right? He took Crimea under Obama, then Trump comes in, Putin goes all quiet, even though they said he would, Trump was a Russian stooge, then Trump goes out, Biden comes in, boom, we have a war in Ukraine. So you guys get all that. And, and this is the type of moral clarity and, and clear positioning when it comes to our place in the world that I think plays well to Trump. So we don't need the silly Trump, right? And I know he can't fully control it, and I'm not saying it's all terrible, but we need the good Trump because there are bad guys out there and they seemingly are coming for us. Anyway. Speaking of some of the bad guys that are here in this country, uh, diversity hire Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday said one of, the, this is one of the stupidest things that has ever been uttered by a representative of the White House. Um, well, just listen for yourself. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. That is absolutely incredible. Did you catch the end of that? Who are fighting on behalf of this administration? Those people are not fighting on behalf of this administration. They are fighting on behalf of the United States of America, which hopefully will survive this administration. We'll see about that. 
They are not fighting for the Biden administration. They are fighting for the United States of America for at least as long as we remain united. That's also another issue. Just absolutely, completely ridiculous. And it gets worse with her. I mean, this woman is just, she's, she's in some ways, she's perfect. Like, in one hand, you could watch her and be frustrated and be like, how did this woman get the job? And okay, she's a black lesbian. It's so exciting. It's just great. On the other hand, she's the perfect embodiment of everything that is wrong with this administration. Uh, and uh, she doesn't seem to want to pressure the president to call any of those military families who just lost their children. Um, has the president uh, called already, or does he plan to speak with the families of the uh, Ball Service members? Um, don't have any uh, calls to read out. Uh, this is a, a sad day. This, yesterday was a very, very sad day. No, we don't, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to call anybody, right? Well, you know, he's busy. Like, the guy, he's always doing stuff. He's just got so much energy. Uh, he just doesn't have time to, to call the servicemen. Uh, it's just so so evil. But what's she really focused on? What's this administration really, really focused on while Iran kills members of our military? Yeah, you guessed it. Science is clear. Climate change is, a, is the existential threat of our time. So to yeah, it's climate change. The climate is coming. The climate is coming and it's going to make her hair flat when the humidity rises. Uh, but it's not just her. This entire administration is run by weak and or confused people, right? It's a, it's a bunch of diversity hires who are unqualified or people who just, like Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State, and this clip is just another one. It's another one where you just watch it and you're like, did he actually just say that? Listen to this. I would argue that we've not seen a situation as, as dangerous as the one we're facing now across the region since at least 1973. Uh, Anthony, you're not supposed to say that out loud because that emboldens our enemies. You might want to kind of dial that back. Of course, 1973 was the Yom Kippur War, which uh, then could have burst much bigger uh, into, into the world. And fortunately, it did not become a world war. But it does seem to me that there's a lot of tinder out there and there's a lot of flames and things seem to be catching fire. Uh, so getting out there and being like, well, this is, this is, we're in a pretty horrible spot right now, especially when no one has confidence that the president knows what he's doing or that we have a cohesive foreign policy or anything else. Anyway, this one is just wild. So over on the televised mental institution of MSNBC yesterday, Joy Reid, blonde woman, Joy Reid, uh, they cut to commercial and, uh, well, listen to what Joy Reid sounds like when she doesn't think she's on camera. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. <laughs> oh. Did Joy Reid just say the quiet part out loud that Joe Biden, because what's happening at the border, and they were also playing a clip of Iran earlier, that uh, Joe Biden's about to start another effing war? You guys know I love the clips when these robots, these pre-programmed robots who are just paid by the machine to spout nonsense when they start breaking down and they actually tell you the truth. Well, they came back from commercial and she, uh, well, she lied again on why she even said that. I just wanted to apologize very quickly. Uh, I was chatting during a clip that was playing, um, and you know we try to keep this show very PG-13, so I just want to apologize to anyone who was listening to my behind-the-scenes chatter. Uh, deeply, deeply apologize for that, because you know it's PG-13 up around here. So <laughs> thank you to you all for watching the readout. And inside with Jen Psaki. Sorry. Oh my God, you know, I was just, you know, we didn't realize, and that's when I tell you the truth, when we're going to commercial and I start chatting with other people, they're like, think how reverse that is. 
from what I do here. I'm telling you what I think. You can agree, you can disagree, you can love me for it, you can hate me for it. But do you think, like when we throw to a clip that I'm turning to them and being like, and here's how I really feel about that. Like it's such profound evil BS. So what is the winning strategy with all of this, right? When you see them bringing back the old vestiges who got everything wrong like Jon Stewart, and then you see the way they accidentally sometimes tell the truth when they're cut into commercial. Like what is the actual winning strategy? Well, the, the winning strategy uh, is I think also the moral and rational strategy, which is partly, at least when it comes to what's going on with Iran right now, what Donald Trump did last time, peace through strength. And people start responding to that, right? People understand just because you say that you are a strong country, it doesn't mean you want to fight everybody. It means, oh, you will defend certain principles. And we better get back to that because whatever we're doing here is kind of melting down. So otherwise, otherwise, you think Joe Biden and you think Corinne Jean-Pierre and Anthony Blinken and the rest of these clown people, you think they can get us out of whatever mess is happening right now between Russia and Iran and the rest of it? Of course they can, of course they can. And the beauty of all of that is that especially because of what we've been talking about the last couple of days, uh, which we'll get to more tomorrow, this border situation, more and more people are waking up. The average apolitical kind of default lefty because the entire cultural apparatus basically um, replicates lefties. That's what the system creates lefties and then you have to wake up at some point. More and more people are waking up because of that. Uh, this is Joe Rogan from his show this week talking about how he has woken up to the leftist lunacy. Over time, this is what we're seeing. So over time, you and I who used to be on the left are now like, where's the left? Where are you guys? You yeah. guys are so far away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can't even see you. Yeah, yeah. You're out of your mind. You're you're, you're f chopping dicks off and, and giving <laughs> little kids yeah, yeah. hormone blockers. You have no idea what the long-term consequences are. You're ignoring the health risks. You won't even talk about the health risks. Yeah. You, you use things like gender affirming care. What are you saying? Yeah. What are you saying when you're talking about children? Yeah. Why are you just accepting this? Because it, it's, it's a noble thing to blurt out. So everybody goes, you're on the right team. That's what it is. It's not like, oh my God, what are we doing to kids? It's not like, oh my God, what are we doing to San Francisco? It's not like, oh my God, why are we letting these violent criminals out of jail? It's like, yeah. oh my God, why are we defunding the f police? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You can't say any of those things. If you say any of those things, but you you're just a Nazi. Said it. I, I was 100% a left-leaning person who lived in Los Angeles. I was 100%. I never voted Republican my whole life. I was very left-leaning, especially with like any social issues. When it comes to financial things, I'm a little bit more conservative. But at the end of the day... Way more left than I am right, but California went nuts, man. It's gone like full communist. It's out of its mind, and their approach to law enforcement is so insane. It's so insane. Why I left the left by Joe Rogan. Um, okay, you get the point. You get the point. Who is closer to reality? Is it Joe Rogan right there talking about the lunacy of gender quote affirming care and talking about the craziness of letting all the criminals out on the street of Cali? Or is it the guy we started the show with who was pro chopping genitals off kids, Jon Stewart, and who was running cover for the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who has destroyed that state. So though the lines are being drawn right now. What I would love to see out of Joe Rogan is finally say it, man, I get it. You didn't have the balls to, to support Trump last time. Okay, fine, will you do it this time? And I say that as someone that wasn't even supporting Trump a couple weeks ago, but it is pretty damn obvious where things are at right now. So everyone is gonna have to take a side and everyone is gonna have to call 
balls and strikes honestly, and well, I, no, the best way to go about doing things would be to call balls and strikes honestly, and and then let the chips fall where they may. I get that not everyone will do that, uh, but be brave and and fight, 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 man, because between the border, between Iran, between the chopping of the kids' genitals, it's an awful lot, and uh, there's gotta be a way out of this thing, so that's, all I have to say about that. Uh, People of the Internet's live at 1 p.m. Post-game show coming up in 30 seconds at rubenreport.locals.com. Oh, and we have a great cold close for you yesterday. I want to credit Brock for putting this together. We have I've been sitting on this old uh, Justice League little clip, Legion of Doom clip for a while. I had this idea, and then, you know, if, over the last couple of days, there's been this whole thing with UNRWA, which is the UN organization that basically is supposed to deal with the Palestinians, and it's turned out that they were just, like, funding the terrorists and that many of their... UN employees actually were Hamas members and a whole bunch more. So Brock put this together and I I just love it. We'll see you on the other side. Ciao. The Legion of Doom is now in session. It is the purpose of the Legion to align our infamous forces against the powers of good and defeat them, leaving us the rulers of the world. To do this, we have gathered together the 13 most ruthless villains on earth, the frigid Captain Cold. The sinister mind of Sinestro. The awesome Bizarro and Solomon Grundy. The cunning Cheetah and the super intelligent computer android Brainiac. Black Manta and Grodd the Gorilla. The Toy Man and the humorous but sinister Riddler. The feminine yet ferocious Giganta and the hideous Scarecrow. (laughs) Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself, Lex Luthor. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.